Welcome to the TNL Talks Podcast. I'm Chris Galloway, Director of Teaching and Learning in Floresville ISD. And I'm Olivia Bailey, the Literacy Specialist for Floresville ISD. Welcome to episode 15 of the TNL Talks Podcast. On this episode, we are discussing the subject of remote learning. We just finished our third week here in Floresville ISD, and we have a lot to talk about regarding our experiences and things that are going on in the district. I was so excited when we selected remote learning as our topic for this week because I think it's what's on the forefront of everyone's mind right now. Students who are in remote learning, how are they doing? For the teachers who are facilitating the remote learning, how are they doing? And so I was really happy that we chose to target that this week as our focus. And I think we have an excellent interview. I agree. And we did interview one of our remote elementary teachers, a second grade teacher, Mrs. Chavez from North Elementary. Why don't we get right into the interview? here with Ms. Chavez at North Elementary. How are you doing, Ms. Chavez? I'm doing very good. Happy to be here. Thank you. First, could you kind of tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, your teaching experience? Yes, my name is Ariel Chavez. I'm a first-year teacher, so I taught January to March, and that was my first experience in a classroom of my own, and then I was asked to do remote teaching, so I started that since August, and it's been a very interesting experience that I'm happy to do at North Elementary for the second grade class. Can you take us through a typical day for one of your remote students? Yes, so the schedule outlines that they should be logging in to Lexia daily, slowly throughout the day as our schedule outlines, assignments are being pushed out to Google Classroom. So they begin their day with Lexia, a reading assignment is pushed out, and a writing assignment is pushed out. There's a small break in their day for snacks or just a brain break. A math assignment is pushed out along with their scheduled dream box time that is required daily. And our science or social studies assignments is pushed out as the week requires. We don't work on both every week, so it'll either be a science or a social studies assignment. There is some scheduled time for independent reading because we encourage them to read at home still every day. From 1 to 2, I'm live on our Google link for questions or concerns or if they want to tell me what they're learning. And I'm also starting to read books to them so we can have discussions about persons, place, and things, setting of books, and just questions in general about those books. On Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, there is a required live session four kids at 9.30 a.m. going over various lessons and discussing what we're talking about that week and if they have any questions. Do they have a favorite assignment? Do they have a least favorite assignment? Because I'm very curious for their feedback on how I can incorporate what they like into future assignments or anything like that. So that is our day. That's great. I really like how you include student voice into your classroom. You mentioned Lexia, which is for reading. And is that roughly about 20 minutes per day? Yes, they are suggested to be on for 20 to 30 minutes. But most of my students enjoy both the Lexia program for reading and the Dreambox program for math. And 
they do exceed the expected um, times, but I do try to remind them that they're not required to be on those programs all day, but they're just so um, involved in the the programs that they just want to be on them for so long. So I do try to encourage them to take breaks during the day to get those brain breaks and make sure that they're comprehending everything that they're working on in those programs, but they do seem to really like those. That's amazing. Yeah, that's exciting to hear that they're enjoying those new programs. Mm -hmm. And so Ms. Chavez, that's, that's a lot in a day. So can you share with us, what is it that you do to prepare for all of that? Um, I speak with my team about what we are going to be doing that week and I try to get everything that they are working on in the class. I think I couldn't be successful in my day remotely if it wasn't for my, my team and their help. They provide me with the hands-on activities and with Google Slides that I adapt daily for my students. So. At this time, it is more of a day-by-day -day process, so trying to work either the day before on what we're doing that day, the next day to make sure that I can schedule those assignments. I am just one person, so I do find it hard to schedule those assignments or to push out those assignments, so I have learned to schedule them on Google Classroom, which helps immensely. So just having those assignments done, you know, night before, morning of, because I have a general outlook of what the week will look like and just making sure that they are appropriate for the day, not giving too much, not giving too little. My fellow teachers, they are using their Google Slides, but they have the capability of stopping all the children in person so I just have to cut up their slides, which is very, very, very useful. And just trying to make sure the morning of that all the assignments are scheduled and then replying to comments as they come when each assignment is scheduled and pushed out. So you did mention a couple challenges in there and how you overcame that. What are some other additional challenges that you faced and then how do you overcome those challenges? I think a challenge that I face daily is wanting to be perfect and wanting to put out the resources that they need in every assignment prior to so I am stopping those questions or mistakes but I think that I have learned to work with my parents and my students and be open about mistakes because I am human and they know that and my relationship with my parents is so wonderful that I'm able to say Miss Chavez made a mistake in this assignment. Can you please refer to this video or can you please change the name on this assignment? Because today we're learning about this person and I accidentally wrote this other person from yesterday. And even, you know, that happened yesterday and one of the parents told me, um, we're learning about this person today, so should it be the recap of this person and I was like oh my goodness like yes thank you for letting me know and then immediately putting that announcement out so there's no more confusion with other parents and students so just being open that we are in this together and we are learning together and there will be mistakes but I'm here for you and I hope that you are here for me so just accepting and encouraging that feedback from students and parents is something that I really, really depend on, something that I really, really encourage. Um, also with scheduling assignments, there are so many that we're pushing out. 
I would have to stop and check the time. Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Are the kids, do they have the Google assignment that is supposed to be out there scheduled? So instead of me trying to stop every hour, every 30 minutes to push out those assignments, to schedule those um, using the Google Classroom feature is amazing. That's awesome, and I think that's a great example of how it takes a village, right, to, yes. to raise a child, and how you have to have teamwork with your parents and your mm -hmm. students, and yes. it seems like so far the parents have been extremely patient with remote learning and very supportive in that sense. Yes, I like to say that I hit the jackpot with both my team and my parents because they have been just so understanding and supportive and receptive to everything that I'm doing. That's great. Well, you talked about the relationship with your parents and how vital that has been. What are some other successes that you've had with remote teaching? I think I've just had great successes with the assignments that we're doing and pacing myself. So understanding that it's all about perspective and attitude, that's been a real success. So having my attitude checked and having myself have grace and with everyone. It's really been a success. I love my live meetings, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Those are really successful just because I do try to incorporate everything that we're doing and ask for feedback. The kids really like that. And I do print out their assignments when I can. My wonderful para does that for me so I can still you know, showcase their work and everything that they're doing. And I tell them that, you know, this classroom is as much mine as it is theirs. So I'm going to try to incorporate them in that. Wonderful. How many students do you have? I have 34 right now. Okay. And you're self-contained, so you're teaching every subject. Yes. As you mentioned earlier. Okay, awesome. What advice do you have for the remote teacher? I think my advice is to take a deep breath. You really can't do it all by yourself. Reaching out to fellow remote teachers or your teammates that are face-to-face, -face, even though the material isn't exactly the same, they give you vital information and vital resources. You know, take pictures, snip using your computer. That's a wonderful tool. Just remember to allow yourself to make mistakes have that attitude of we are going to get through this and I'm doing the best that I can and accepting that there are things that you can be better at but right now that's not the main focus. If my students are engaged and they're giving me feedback that I can both be happy about and grow from then I am doing you know something right and I accept that and there are still things that I need to work on like anyone else, plan for the future to try to do better. But I, I do feel like the classroom is running as smoothly as it can be and there are still things behind the scenes that I need to work on like grades for instance, but definitely asking for help or guidance and how can that be better is wonderful and with attendance, I was having trouble keeping track of all the ways that my students can be engaged and one of my fellow remote teachers had this wonderful Excel spreadsheet so I asked if I could have that to edit for myself and of course she was more than willing to give me that and that's been a really good success for me tracking attendance now. 
I think that's fantastic advice. So one of the things that we've been trying to tell our remote teachers is that it's not going to be perfect, just like the classroom's not perfect. And, and for some of our veteran teachers who've been teaching for years and they have routines and practices in place, this is a whole different shift for them. But it's okay to make mistakes, like you said, do the best that they can. And as long as they're doing that, then we're, we're definitely behind them 100%. And, and there's going to be no issues there. And we know that they're, they're here for the kids. And yeah. They just want to do what's best and and so that's great advice and self-care like you said is super important I think the social emotional of our our teachers is incredibly important they need to take that time that you know at some point they need to shut it off and let your parents know hey we're not we're not taking calls at this time or we're not taking emails at this time and even take the weekends you know take the weekends with your family and and decompress and do those things for sure Absolutely. Like you said, it's a learning process, and we're all learning, teachers and students and parents. All together, yeah. All together. So speaking of parents, what advice would you have for parents of remote students? I think my advice would just be to ask a lot of questions and have patience with your teacher. Your teacher is trying to do the best that she can for your student, and that always isn't going to be giving them all the information at once. It might be slowly pushing out, slowly learning. So just have that patience and know that y'all are a team. And if there are frustrations that are unrelated to the classroom, because I know that we all have so many things going on throughout our day that isn't just about school, just to also take a deep breath and to know that your teacher is with you, not against you, and that the odds are that they're gonna try to help and understand your situation as much as possible. So just to go in there open-minded and ask your questions, give your feedback, and really just try to communicate with your teacher because y'all are working together and we really are learning this together. So the relationship has to be there with your teacher and with your student. So if you have a question, ask it because your question might be the same as someone else's and your teacher hasn't even thought of that yet, but it would be a good announcement to make to the whole class. So that question saves other parents too. All right, Ms. Chavez, well, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day and your morning to to do this interview with us. Is there any final thoughts that you have or anything you'd like to share with our listeners? Appearances can be deceiving, so we never really know how a person is handling this new world, this new situations that we're in. So even if you think that you can be better someone else can be looking at you and saying that I wish that I was more like them or if you try not to compare yourself too much to other teachers because that kind of gets in your head and you do question what you're doing instead of just doing your very best for your students because ultimately no one else knows your students like you do even in a virtual setting those kids are in your class and you have to know what is best for them with the input of other people to help it be the very best you can but ultimately it's about attitude and perspective and just really doing what's best for your kids and yourself great advice thank you so much of course
I think our viewers are going to really enjoy listening to Ms. Chavez's interview. I loved her insights, not only as a remote teacher, but a really first year teacher slash remote teacher. And so I think that gives us some good perspective, just the challenges and the successes. And I don't think there's anybody who would disagree that what has made her year just so successful so far is her attitude and her approach to, re to remote learning and to building those relationships. And I think she has some great advice and for other remote teachers, for students, and definitely for parents on how to make this journey a successful one this year. I have to agree with you. I think that attitude is everything. And I do think that we did talk about this perspective is that being a first year teacher, she doesn't know anything any different. She's never been in a classroom except for a short period of time before the COVID shut down last year. And so her perspective is new and fresh. When we've talked to her about how she's doing different strategies and pushing things out in Google Classroom, she's super organized. So obviously organization is a key along with attitude. And I really think that her openness to feedback from students and parents is what's helping her excel. And I really see her as a bright star in our district, and I'm excited that she's a part of our team. I could not agree more. We did talk to a remote elementary teacher. Unfortunately, this week we didn't have time to speak with a secondary remote teacher. Now, the secondary remote looks a little different. They're actually working in a program called Ingenuity, which is an asynchronous platform, which we've used in our district and has been used at several districts for years in the classroom, typically to accelerate a student or to provide some sort of remediation after they've taken an initial class. It was approved by the TEA, and so we have had some challenges with ingenuity. In some cases, some parents have felt that it was too difficult for their students, but in other cases, some parents are seeing that it's extremely easy, and their students are finishing in a short amount of time and, and are finding successes with it. Now, Olivia, I know that you talked about in the last episode that you had a student who is at the middle school level who is face-to-face, -face, and yes. then you have a high school student who is using Ingenuity. Mm -hmm. What are is some of the feedback that you've heard from your child regarding high school Ingenuity classes? Right. Yes, I elected to let him choose which uh, platform he wanted, and he chose the online through Ingenuity. And his decision, I think, came based somewhat on the fact that he had taken online courses through dual credit as a freshman, so he was familiar with online so far, we have just had nothing but positive experiences, and he is really enjoying it. He likes the, uh, the self-paced and the independence and just being able to get up and work on the subject that he wants to work on at that time, to take a break, to come back and work on another subject of choice. I think it is helping him to grow as an independent learner. If he has, you know, questions, he has to seek that the feedback and the answers for that. You know, one of the things that he's mentioned is if he doesn't get something, he can just stop it, back it up, rewatch it, re-listen, you know, and those sometimes in a classroom, that, that's not feasible. So it's really letting him take ownership of his learning, being just sort of a self-motivated student anyway. He's just really enjoying it. We, we've had nothing but... Um, but really good experiences with it so far. Now, I'm glad you pointed out that your son is intrinsically motivated. Yes. He's able to be successful in that environment. We, we do know that not every student is the same. Right. And so some students may not be successful in that environment. And I think you had mentioned in the last episode that your, your other son isn't that type of, of learner. So that's why you chose to send him face to face. Yes, he's, well, I think being younger and just being a, a different type of learner, 
I knew that face-to-face -face would be the best modality for him, that he was not going to be um, successful in a remote setting. I you know, had a little bit of experience with that at the end of that last semester when we shut down, and I was able to get a, you know, an insight to how he learns and in sitting with him and you know, working through his Google Classroom and looking at how he approached videos and that type of learning. I knew that it didn't fit what he needed to be successful. So he's going face-to-face, -face, and then I have the other one going through a remote. Well, I know the remote teachers at the secondary level are working extremely hard. They're doing a lot of meetings with students who are struggling. They're also having to also grade assignments within Ingenuity, and they have to unlock classrooms when students fail. They have to reach out to their teacher, and the teachers are reassigning activities so they can come back to that activity again before they retake the quiz or the test. And so I know they're working extremely hard. They have about 180 students each on average that they're working with and trying to help parents and things like that. We do know that they set up an ingenuity for parents to receive progress reports, mm -hmm. and they need to look at two different types of grades. They need to look at the overall grade, which tells the parent where the student currently is at based on the work they've done, and the actual grade, which tells the parent where they should be if they're a little bit behind. Mm -hmm. So as they start to catch up, we should start seeing those grades start to kind of mirror each other. It's very important that the parents look at that. We are going to be sending out Skyward progress checks this week. Next week, we'll be sending out a survey for remote learners and parents, and it will go to students in grades 3 through 12 so that we can kind of gauge how remote learning is going. And while we do know there are several challenges, we also have lots of successes, and we continue to adjust as we work through this difficult time. We want parents to know that if they are ready to bring their students back, they need to reach out to their administration at the campuses let them know because we want to make sure that the parents have their students in the right learning environment that is best for those students. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I do, you know, I would say that as a parent of a remote learner, one thing that I've had to learn is, you know, I, I have a role and a responsibility in this also. You know, I appreciate the communication that comes from um, the high school regarding um, ingenuity and how to interpret the grades and the progress. That's been very helpful because it's a system that I'm learning along with him, even though he is intrinsically motivated, he is still a high school student. So I do have to, you know, go home and we do checks, you know, pull up your, your day's work, let's see where you're at, make sure that he's staying on course, and if something falls behind, well, why, you know, why are we behind in that one, what's going on? As parents, just sort of progress monitor and, you know, make sure that they're, that they're making the right decisions that day for their learning. And so that's, you know, part of the modeling that, you know, that I'm doing to help him become successful in this platform. Well, Olivia, thank you so much for being a, a good partner on this podcast, as well mm -hmm. as giving us the parent perspective from Ingenuity. We always appreciate that as an employee and a parent of the district. So we just finished episode 15. It is now in the books. Until next time, that's, that's a wrap. wrap.